Hi, I'm Marty Grizzani, and this is The Marty Grizzani Show. As a full-time real estate investor and business owner, I have a real fascination of finding the key principles for business success and personal development. This show is a reflection of my personal mission to find out what truly makes somebody successful in business and in life. We will find tools and tactics that they've used to reach those levels. If you're the type of person is not satisfied with average and you have a hunger for learning that will never cease, this show is for you. Welcome to the show. Yeah, like I was mentioning, Todd, it's always nice to talk to somebody else who has a very unique last name. And, uh, you know, whenever you say, oh, Grizzani, is that Irish? You know, haha, it's like, yes, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's Irish, brother. It's, what is yeah, I, I went to, I went to Aquinas as a kid. You know, it was always, it was always the Italian and the Irish, right? And I had the French last name. So I didn't fit into either of them, but I struggled. With them. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I had the Irish red hair, but the French last name is very confusing for people. No one knew what to do with you. They didn't. No one knew what to do with you. Uh, and, uh, and that's probably why you pick such a unique career now, you know, unique guy, it, it creative, right? And that's, and this is kind of unique because you're actually the first episode of the newly rebranded, uh, residential to commercial R2C. And, uh, I'm really excited to talk to you because you're somebody who, you know, been doing this for so long, you know, since 1997, not, not that the, you haven't been in real estate before that, but you transitioned into some of the larger stuff in 97 with your partner. But it's yeah. just always nice to talk to somebody who started in residential and then moved into commercial. Because a lot of my viewers, a lot of my, you know, me, myself, my journey is right now in that transition going from residential to commercial. So I'm really excited to talk to you uh, yeah. as someone uh, as someone who has. And guys, for that, those who don't know, um, you know, Todd is the owner of Metro Falls. It's a, a Everything, management, development, ground up. I mean, they, they've really done it all from large office, uh, adaptive use. They do, you know, large commercial multifamily. And, uh, and I'm really excited to talk about some of the projects. And, and again, for people that are here in Rochester, it's always nice to kind of hear from people who, you know, you maybe not see a lot of times, you know, people that kind of stay in their lane and just crush it, but you wouldn't really know about, like, you drive by a building and be like, Oh shit! I didn't know that was Todd's at Metro Falls. That's really freaking cool, right? Um, so really excited, Todd. If you could just give us a little bit of background on kind of who you are and and where you're from and and what you're doing. Yeah. Well, first of all, you know, thanks for reaching out to me and you know asking me to come on. So you know, I'm one of those guys. Um, you know, I, I for years I've just you know you labor in obscurity like most of us really do, and um, you know, I, I, over the years, I sort of likened, you know, our little company is almost more of a garage band, right? You play all the local scene and everybody's like, what? And then you have that one hit. Everybody go, look at those guys, overnight success, right? Oh, yeah. How do they do that? <laughs> and, you know, then you're back to playing the clubs again. So that's pretty much us. And, uh, you know, we're, we're Rochester, uh, raised, born and raised here. And, um, I was fortunate at a very young age, I, was exposed to people, um, you know, one individual particularly that inspired me to uh, get interested in real estate. And, um, you know, I was never the A student. I was always the B student. Sometimes I was the C plus student and I sold it real hard as a C plus. <laughs> right? Right. Got it. You know, so, you know, I was, I was more interested in being out in, the, out in the world and working and figuring things out. That interested me way more than sitting in a classroom. And I'm sure there's lots of people out there like me. No I, doubt. I just, I, I didn't sit well in a classroom all day. 
Um, and, and that's really what led me, you know, to this path. And, you know, I, I would say I'm fortunate because, um, in my early years, I sort of struggled my way to it. I knew I wanted to get here. And then once I got here, you just, you just sort of go. And, um, you mentioned early on in 97, you know, that, that's, that's sort of a critical point for us. 1997, we were very young. We had an opportunity to grow our business very aggressively. I, I had a, a partner who I still do a ton of business with, um, who he and I at the time were, um, I mean, we, I think we were 29, 28, 29 years old. And, um, probably at that time running over 200 apartments between Rochester and Buffalo and really did a good job. And, you know, a lot of inner city at the time and, and we were making our way in, into, you know, different neighborhoods and trying different, um, you know, different business models out. And, um, you know, without just boring you to death, that, that was really, you know, the start of, you know, you said your journey. My, I started there and, it's really just been year after year after year of just being willing to change, try different things and self-evaluation and, you know, is this working? And don't be afraid if it's not working, don't be afraid to say, this is not working. We got to do something else because you won't survive if you don't say that. If you just hang on and you grind yourself right down to the bottom, you're going to find yourself ground down at the bottom. Yeah. And I really appreciate that. I, I love hearing that because I think a lot of times people, like you said, they think it's a overnight success. It just took me, you know, 10, 15 years to get there. Right. Yeah. And, and it's really interesting because, and, and guys, I want you to listen to this for people that are listening to, it's like we had 200 units and you know, it's, it's just you two kind of managing everything. Is that right? We were, you know, we had some subs and we brought people in, but in terms of the oversight of running it, it was really just us. And it was a lot of, you know, a lot of hours in the field. And then for me, it was a lot of hours in the office after and on weekends in the office trying to, you know, make sense out of the revenue and, you know, learn the accounting side of it. And, you know, I had some good support at the time, um, but I was doing the work. You, um, you mentioned something earlier and I, I'm 100% with you. How, how critically important is a mentor, right? Incredibly and, important. It, 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 like, so that individual changed your career in, in, in a way, like for me, it's what I like to call an unfair advantage, right? It's just, it's an unfair advantage. You're around those people. So like having that proximity, I believe is 100% power. It really um, is. What was like the message for you? Was it kind of like that rich dad, poor dad kind of thing that they were like, you're working for money or you can, you know, there's a, there's real estate where it's passive. Like, why was it real estate? Was that something that that individual was doing? Yeah. So that's so that individual at, at an age when I, I'll go back to being about 12 or 13 years old, I was exposed to the renovation side of that business. And, and as this person's sort of, he, as this person transitioned through the business, I sort of, transitioned with him in his own business model until I was able to go out on my own and try it. And, you know, it was a great springboard for me. It was a great launching pad, but, um, you know, what I never got, and, I, and I'm thankful I never got it. Um, I, I never had anything really given to me. You know, what I did have was opportunity. And I, and I say that over and over again. And that's, I think what a mentor does do is provide opportunity and then provide you with their two cents about it. Mm. You do with it is up to you. Mm. And that's critical. Um, you know, no, no one handed me the keys to something and said, well, here you go, you know, start making some money. I never, I never got that. You know, I paid for everything that we have. And, you know, we, you know, even though you have a mentor, you still have to make the deal and you still have to show up for work the next day. And you still, you're almost expected to do it more than if you didn't, right? Because now you, there is some extra accountability because that mentor has invested themselves in you. So, you have some accountability to that person. 
A hundred percent. Feels like there's skin in the game from that person and, and, and more so that you don't want to just fail on your own, but you don't want to fail because yeah. this person put so much time in it. Correct. Correct. And, um, you know, I'll, I'll say this, my son and daughter are working with me in the business now, which is fantastic. They're awesome. in their early mid twenties. And my son came to me his last year of school college and said, dad, I think I want to be in the real estate business. And part of me was heartbroken because I'm like, Oh my God, you're just going to suffer. And that was all I, I was always told that. And I'm still told that to this <laughs> yeah. day by the guy who taught me the business. And we'll have lunch and he'll say, tell me the one thing I said you would do. And I said, suffer. And he goes, that's it. You'll suffer. So I knew that's, that's part of it. Incredible. Just suffer. Um, but I was also excited. And I, I said, you know, if you're going to make this, this transition, uh, you know, you have to look, I, I will probably take on somewhat of a mentor role where I can. Um, but you know, you're going to start in the field and you're going to start out where the decisions are made and where it's dirty and where it isn't pretty. And you know, that's what real estate is really. It's not, it's not collecting rent and playing golf. That, that is not real estate. It really is. And, and you're so right. That word suffering is so true. And it's actually what I would say, it's, it's more of because it's the growth of yourself in the business. It's painful because you're growing and it's always got to be that way or you start to just flatline or go down. So it's one of those things where it's like you, it's a, it's a good suffering, but it's still painful. Yeah. Just like growing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. You, you know, you sort of like, you know, how you grow to the size of your shell and you shed, shed that shell and then you're going to grow a new one. And, and you know, that it just, it just sort of happens. I don't think it's anything that you, that you really um, take stock in while it's happening. It's mm -hmm. just, you know, some years go by and you look back and you go, wow, you know, we owned that or we developed that or remember, remember when we owned that and remember when that place burned and, and it was three o'clock in the morning and, it, you know, you, you go through all those things and then that creates that new shell and mm. new experiences. And then, you know, you sort of outgrow that at some point and the new shell slowly takes over. I want to talk to you about High Falls because yeah. you, you do have such a big footprint there. I do. And I, so I love that area mm -hmm. a lot. And I feel like that's like the hidden, still kind of hidden, like it shouldn't be, it but it's still hidden. So Tell me a little bit about some of the buildings you have there and because uh, there are some beautiful, you guys have done some beautiful work with uh, with those buildings. So like we, the Gorsling building and, 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 and the, is it the Parazin building? Is that yeah, the Parazin okay. building for Commercial Street, the Gorsling building. We own the centers at High Falls. We bought that back in 2015. And, you know, all of those, this is, this is how I always describe this because everybody always says, oh, you own cool stuff, right? It, it is really like owning the 57 Chevy in the garage. Right, you pull up the garage door, and people go, "Whoa, you own that!" Right, but yes. you got to fix it, and you yes. got to make it work, and you yes. got to find the right part that makes it right. You, you know, restoration masons, certain types of roof, everything's it's it's twitchy and it's interesting and it's quirky, but mm. beautiful, mm. truly beautiful, and really part you know really what Rochester's history. I believe that High Falls area is really what Rochester's history is. No doubt. And, you know, we're fortunate. We have. Um, you know, Rock the Riverway has brought a lot of money to the river. And at the, at the base of High Falls is going to be the new state park. And that is well underway right now. Um, I met engineers there this morning that are in the Triphammer Forge next to our building. And, you know, you can really start to feel the momentum and the interest, at least behind the scenes, the meetings that, you know, what, what people do. And this is, this is, I'm going to, I'm going to sort of tie this into your, your High Falls question. 
And you'll, you'll probably be able to relate to this and anybody listening will relate to this. You buy into a neighborhood, you see something cool in the neighborhood. And the first thing that, at least in Rochester, the first thing that people say is, we want to be the next Park Avenue. Right. Well, you're never going to be the next Park right. Avenue. No right. No doubt. Because Park Avenue. Yep. And, and, and it organically became Park Avenue. And so the, you, to, to try to make the next little neighborhood Park Avenue, I don't know, it, it, forget it. Right. It's going to have to be what it's going to have to be. Well, High Falls is cool because High Falls is what it is. It already has a personality. It's, it's got a character. And although we've suffered with, I believe, sort of being forgotten in High Falls, right? You drive right by it. WXXI is on the front, the big parking garage is on the front. You whip down State Street and you don't even think High Falls is No there. doubt. So you turn in and you look and you go, wow, where'd all this come from? Right. And we've suffered through COVID. You know, we've suffered through the same vacancy and the same issues and the same restaurant problems. And, you know, we're not really any different than any other parts of the city, but we now are really embracing this park and the park is below us. Mm. We're going to be the entrance to the park. Mm. It's very exciting. It really is. I'm exciting. excited for the city. I'm excited for High Falls because I really believe if, for those who don't have been there, you know, in the last 10, 15 years, or it, it, that's a, that's really, you should in yeah. just go for a jog down there. Yeah, exactly. Right? It's one of my favorite places to go. And uh, I really think that more people just need to see it. They, I just don't think that you, you hear about it. I think it's just, yeah, it's that one thing that I, I believe that you're like, you're right. I, that park, you know, you, yep. you get a brewery somewhere in that area at some point, you know, whatever, whatever it might and, be. And but, I believe things have to just happen, right? right. So yeah. the park is one thing. Um, you know, we've got like La Luna in our space and, and doing the, the events. Um, we, you know, we, we found a new artist group that's been very interested in High Falls. They just found us and they've started to entrench. I'm really excited about that because that's fun for people. Absolutely. You know, that, that brings a whole new vibe and, and it's really finding itself. We've created housing in High Falls. Um, our first test run at that was probably back in 16 when we finished, um, after, after we had, had purchased the centers of High Falls. The neat thing about that building was, if anybody remembers it, it was a ton of common space. Like, mm-hmm. it was impressive. So you walk through it, and you're like, wow, this is really beautiful space. And then 9 o'clock at night, you're sitting there in the dark going, what am I going to do with all this common space? Mm-hmm. Like, how am I going to pay the bills right. with all this common space? So that was the challenge, was to take the common space and start dividing it up into usable space. So we took this banquet room. It was called the Seneca Room. And it was two floors tall, had big windows. It was, it was really neat. And we said, well, we're not going to run banquets in here. We're probably gonna, not going to rent the room out, what, every other day for 500 bucks. I just don't see that being my deal. Right. So we, we, inside the space, we built two apartments that are two floors. Wow. So you take the elevator up, you get a nice hallway, you walk in, and then you walk into two individual apartments bedrooms, walk-in closets upstairs, first floor living rooms, views, balconies, big kitchens, high-end, amazing. We had them rented before we had them built. Wow. I so the parents that. I'm building across the street, we're really taking that same approach. You know, my wife and I lived there a couple of years ago um, and we were in between houses and we stayed there. And it's kind of fun living in your own inventory because you find out what you really like about it and you find out what you don't like about it. Interesting. And we didn't have big enough closets and we didn't, you know, it was great, I guess, if I was 25, but, you know, being a mature man and, and a, a wife with clothes, we just realized you, you could, you could live here temporarily, but you really couldn't live here permanently. So back in 19, we had started a conversion on the first floor of 
We had about 4,000 square feet and it went empty. Tough space to rent. I said, this is the time. Let's convert this to housing. And during, as everybody knows, during 19 and 20, COVID hits, right? So mm-hmm. everything just slows down, stops. During that time, we redesigned those apartments. Perfect. They're giant. They're almost 2,000 square feet a piece. We're, we're just, hopefully we're going to have the first one done. Um, I'd like to have it on the market by February. Oh, excellent. And they, I mean, each bedroom could have king-size beds, uh, huge kitchens, islands, living rooms. So you could sell your house in Brighton if you want, if you want to live urbanly. You could sell your house in Brighton and you don't have to be on that TV show that I'd love to start on HGTV that says from 3,000 square feet to 1,000 square feet, 30 days. That, that'd be interesting. That, yeah, right? that'd be interesting. Yeah. You can come live here and really bring most of your stuff and have walk-in closets and, and bring your dining room table, but yet have all the best. So we built two apartments instead of building four in this space. We're testing it. We're going to see how it works. But you want to live urbanly and you don't want to live in a home anymore? We've got the place for you. Storage, a gym, uh, oh, high-end right. features. And we didn't skimp. And you know, we're hoping that this hits the market. We only need two people to like it. Right. And, <laughs> right. I mean, we don't need like 50 people to like it. We need two. So right. you know, we're hoping we're going to find two. And that's going to play off what we built over uh, at centers across the street. And you know, we're going to start to create a network and, and build more of those units in down there and create that type of community. That's what it needs. I love it. I love it. And uh, why are you like, where did you get the, like, have you always had like, like a creative, like visionary kind of type of too much? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Too much. Okay. Yeah. I tell, so my, my wife is an accountant. She's a CPA details, man, I'll tell you, right. I'm the guy, if you want to move the rock from way over there to way over there and you Mm -hmm. only got three, and how are we going to do it? I'm that guy. Yeah, I'm going to get that done for you. And that's how it really works with all the creative ideas. I love the creativity. And then once you get the, once you get the creative idea out there, how are we going to boil this down now so we can actually do it? Mm. Not lose the creative side of it. Right. Because in that process, that boiling down, that distilling it, that, you, you know, the excitement of drawing it out and saying, it's going to look like this. And then you put the heat to it and you boil off the water and you're left with the salt. The creativity gets gone. Yep. You eliminate it. You, you yep. burn it off and now you're like, well, we really can't do what we thought. So we're going to do this. <laughs> right. And I'm really, I try very hard not to do that. I, I, right. I try to say, okay, let's, let's stick with what we talked about. Let's find ways to do what we talked about. Mm. And, and that's a lot of my, my emphasis and my motivation on all of our projects, no matter how small they are. Let's, let's, let's be true to the building. Let's be true to the character of the building. Let's, you know, what, what can we, let's not force something in here. What is it? What wants to be in here? Mm, that's so good. It's hot. And I'll tell you that that's, it's so good. But guess what? I can already tell that thought process is also very expensive. It is. Right. That, that thought process is very expensive. You so, can't do it with everything, Marty. You got do it. it. You, right. You pick a few and you do it. And then okay. you have a lot of other ones that you're really super practical on. Got it. Okay. Cause I, so cause I love that. <laughs> right. Exactly. Cause I love that. But then I'm like, so, so we don't have to talk about those specific deals. But I'm, I'm curious, like financing wise, is are, when you're looking at a project, is this something where, cause we're moving into commercial. So we're thinking, okay, are we syndicating? Are we, you know, what are we doing? Are we going to be raising money? Is it, is it something that we're going to be then, um, something we're doing through a, a couple of just our local friends? Like, do you syndicate or is it more of just like, what, what's like the model you typically, you have partnerships with banks? Like, what's the financing that's always been best for you guys? That's such a, that's a really good question. Um, Again, we, we've been lucky. Um, 
we have not taken on, you know, a lot of partners. Um, we, we work within a small group of us. Got it. And, you know, some of the guys that, you know, I partner with currently where I need to, you know, they're my seniors. So they're, you know, they're, they're invested, they're on board, they're interested, but they leave the day to day operation to us. Absolutely. And that's nice. Uh, I'm not partnering with a lot of chiefs. Um, certainly with guys that know what they're talking about. So in, in that vein, we've been fortunate because I haven't had to syndicate and I've avoided that. And, you know, my wife will tell you back in the day that really what I wanted was I wanted everything paid for and I wanted, um, you know, less was more for me at a time. Mm. And I'm probably getting back to that even now, where as much as we look, we're, we're little fish in a little pond. We really are. We're, we're, there's guys, you know, Morgan and Buckingham. These guys are just way bigger than us. And, you know, to, to think that I would ever, that, that I aspire to be them or that I'm going to be them, you know, we, we are who we are. We're, we're, I, I always fashion us as a boutique real estate company. We're small. We like interesting projects. You know, we don't buy everything. We, we buy what really hits us in the right spot and, and where there's also opportunity. So, you know, getting back to the financing side of that, um, you know, I'm conventional. You know, it's, it's nice to go in with 20, 30, 40% down and leverage the difference. You know, we're not afraid to use a line of credit because we've got equity and, you know, refinance out on the other side. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we do a lot of that. We, we don't, we don't give our ownership away and we like to stay in control. It's a great way to protect equity. It's a great way to make sure. Not that- a good way to grow. But if that's not what your end not- goal is, right? If that's not your vision, oh. then it, then fine, right? I'm with that 100%. Like if yeah. you can just give, if you can just make sure that, hey, this is just something at the debt and not equity, then that's a win for us, right? As developers and owners. Um, you know, the way that we're positioning, again, you know, maybe if when you were back at 30, maybe it would be a little different, right? Maybe yeah. it would be a little different. Hey, we want to, we want to explode a little bit more. And, yeah. um, and so, and so, but yes, it's very interesting. I like that approach. You're keeping the equity. You guys are still the owners. It's, you guys are the GPs. There might yeah. be some limited partners in, in there, but they're, you're making the decisions and they probably right. like it that way, Todd, right? Well, they do. Yeah. They do. You know, I'm, I'm not partnering with, with guys that are, you know, 30, 20, 30, 40 years old. I'm partying, partying with guys that are, you know, 20 years older than me. And the, the partners that I take on that are my age are active, but they have a specific function in the partnership. Mm, love that. And that's important too. You know, all partnerships are fraught with some level of risk and, and, you know, you're always reevaluating that, but you've got to have your strengths in the partnership. You've got to be able to, um, bring people on that are going to complement what you do and not not make it more difficult to do what you do. No, and that's right on. And that's actually bringing me to another property that I just, I'm, I'm very interested in because I know you partnered on, and tell me if I'm wrong here, but a beautiful, uh, you know, unbelie- actually unbelievable 2017 bill, the Strathmore Apartments in Amherst, right? Oh yeah, so Amherst, yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So, you know, we, we bought that. It was, it was a partnership and we built that back in 2014, 2015 mm. and then sold it mm. internally. And then we stayed, stayed on as managers. Love it. Love so, it. you know, I was part of that group that built it. I was, I was part of the process there. Um, you know, they had all of its own pitfalls and risks and, 
you know, you wondered why you were doing it when you were doing it. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's funny how, how far back, you know, 2014 or 15, 16, you know, when it all got done, you just, for, it's like, you know, I guess I'm told it's like childbirth, right? I, you know, you 100%. just, it's, it's, the, it's the pain of it. You sort of forget. Yeah. And, um, my mother always told me that, right? You forget. That's why you have another one. So, <laughs> you know, but, but we got into Pinebrook apartments in Honeyway Falls, the village of Honeyway Falls. So that, Love those. again, into new build and into all of the growth and all, and all of the, um, the painful parts of developing, right? All the unknowns, the finances, the, you know, the cash flow issues, um, the, the municipalities, the GC, you know, we, we were lucky. We, we got in with, um, you know, in the end, we, we had home leasing become our general contractor there mm. and great group of people love them. And, um, you know, it turned out to be great friends and, you know, we built our first phase and then we were completing it just as COVID was coming in. And I thought for sure it was the death of us. Right. right. I just thought these buildings, you know, we had 42 apartments that we were, that we were empty on coming out with, you know, the governor shutting down everything. And it was weird how it played into our hand because we were suburban. We weren't urban. Interesting. We filled up so quickly down there during this time frame. I, I just didn't expect it. Luck. That's all that was. Well, preparation and opportunity, right? right? An opportunity. Yep. And uh, so that was 150 something units. So 112 right now, we're building the last phase. We're hoping as we just get on the other side of the winter here, we're going to start the last phase and then we'll be 156 apartments there. Unbelievable. So tell me a little bit about that, right? So is it, is that where, do you come in with a partnership on that? And because again, I, we're coming at it from, you know, Hey, we had uh, a couple, you know, 70, 80 units that were so, you know, selling off. We've been flipping. That's been great. And as we're transitioning to everyone that I've talked, excuse me, a lot of people I talked to that have had a lot of success. have done it through ground up, right? Yeah. They're like, that's been a big game changer for us. All right. So when you're looking at that, are you looking at the land? Like, are you bringing the land in? Are you coming in as like, well, no, I, I understand how to build. I, I'm just curious how, how does somebody come in as a partner on something like that? And, and maybe what was your role in that? Play? Well, that's a, that's a, like, I don't know that I can answer that question so succinctly because every project is a little bit different. Right. And, um, you know, the group of us that got involved there, we all had different roles, right? We all contributed a certain amount. We all had, um, you know, we, we're the managers of it. We are managers. So that was and, maybe the, maybe the, the, the thing of like, you guys are going to manage this. Like you came in, are. it's like, got it. That was like the main point of, you know, you are going to end up managing this. So that's in the you, end, in you know, end. we're going to invest in this, you know, Everybody's going to sign on the dotted line. We're going to GC it with, um, we're going to oversee the GC. We're going to get this built and we're going to get this stabilized. And you, we have done that aspect very well. Love it. And, um, it's sort of like drinking from a fire hose sometimes. You just can't, there's just so much that comes at you. And we are so small that you wear a lot of hats every day. And so, to tell you, you know, exactly how, like every deal is different, right? Amherst building Strathmore was a lot different than building Pinebrook. And, um, I'm thankful that, that the guys I'm, I'm building Pinebrook with are, are, you know, guys that I've just been doing business with for years and are great people. And, you know, we got to just sit down and talk about it. You know, they're right there. The door's open. Let's sit down and talk about what we're going to do. They're realistic about, you know, what the problems are, what the solutions are. It's, it's critical. It's just critical if you're going to get a project off the ground. 
Yeah, there's two things that really like just strike me with that. And number one is partnerships, right? You know, I think sometimes people come in and you hear this a lot, like partnerships, ah, they don't work or partners are tough to work with. And, and I'm different. And I love that you're different too, because my partner has been one of the best things that ever happened to me, yeah. right? And yep. same thing with you. You've been with the same par- partner. Now, I know you have different partnerships with different yep. businesses that you guys yep. are doing. But I-, I think if you can have somebody that's also just like you being a visionary and maybe somebody is like the implementor Correct. and also at the same time, I think the 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 knockout punch is having a wife that's a CPA accountant. She's <laughs> killer. Let me tell you. Thank <laughs> God I got her. Yeah. <laughs> Banks like that. Banks <laughs> like to see things that well, are... Well, they like the accuracy, right? Exactly. You know, they say, hey, give me a P&L and they're like, did you read this? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> She's like, give me that, right? Let me look yeah. at that before you send that out. Exactly. So it's important, right? So I tend to be, and, and I probably realized this very recently, in, you know, in the last three to five years, right? I sort of developed my own sense of who I am, but I really am a collaborator. I enjoy that. You know, I don't like being in isolation on a project. Mm-hmm. I don't like being in a vacuum and convincing myself of whatever it is that I need to convince myself of. And then, you know, when you open the door and you go out in the real world, you're like, wow, it seems so, the idea seems so great when we were in there. But now that I'm out here talking about it, it doesn't seem so good anymore. Mm. I really enjoy like on, on the Mill Street project. I enjoy the collaboration with not just one or two people, but four or five people. I want to hear what they have to say. Yes. I want to hear their idea. Yeah. I just can't know all of it. Right. Yes. It's my project. Yes. I will probably in the end, either somebody's going to say, well, Todd did a great project or it's horrible. So I'll be the guy that gets the credit. Or I'll be the guy that takes the abuse if it doesn't come out well. Right. Yes. But through that process, so many people have other things to contribute, ways to look at it that I don't see. And I really like that. I mean, it's that, that to me is interesting to have somebody bring something new to the table that I didn't think about. Yeah, no doubt. Somewhere else. And I think in partnerships, whether you're just collaborating or you actually have, you know, a formality with, with someone that's a partner, um, you've got to find people that are going to bring something else to the table and compliment you. You know, Larry has been a longtime partner of mine and, you know, we've gone through a lot of changes and a lot of growth over the years. Larry's a hands-on guy. And, um, you know, me, I, I'm more of the, you know, get out and make it happen and come up with the systems and, you know, get to the tenants and get the space leased up. But you know what? When the AC unit breaks, Larry's going to be able to reach on there and tell you what the problem is. Mm. Right. I'll figure it out, but Larry's going to get there a lot quicker than me. Mm. Right. And so, you know, we complement each other that way. If you had me under AC units all day, you know, right. Yeah. You, yeah. That, it's, a, it's just, that's not where your best use of time is for the company. Right. It's and, not. It's, the growth has been, you got to grow and you, and you got you to steer the ship. And, and, and I've, you know, I've been able to take that role and, you know, figure out where the opportunities are. So um, that's really good. And I, I so there, yeah, because again, the, the second thing was the, you know, relationships and just how important those are. And like, you know, yeah, money is great, but gosh, if you lost it all, right, you'd be like, well, I have these relationships and I can always go back to the same people. Yeah. I know Right. And it's like, how just in real estate, I just want to make it a point for people listening, just how important relationships are and where it's like coming in. I was a little bit of because uh, I was a sales guy and I'm still am, but it's trans. You think sometimes you think a little transactionally because you see it like you just you got a deal coming in deal, deal, deal. And what I'm really a good like I'm, it's good hearing it from you, too, and from other people that I talk to that are very successful that are, you know, years ahead of me like you are. Um, just so, so super successful is that the relationships are yeah. really what was a big driver for the company. Is that true to say? It is. I, mean, I made a comment. Uh, I, I've got um, 
you know, at, at one of our projects now, I'm working with, you know, a, a longtime friend of mine who's handling the construction side. And he's just got a lot of years of experience like we do in his field. And we, you know, we got stumped. There, there was an issue that came up and, and, you know, within about five or six minutes, we, you know, in a few phone calls, we were able to get past the problem, find somebody to help us. And I got home that night and I texted him and I said, isn't it nice when you can pick up the phone and call somebody and they don't go, who are you? Like, yeah. are you going to pay me? Or, yeah. Right. You don't have those conversations. The conversation is, Hey, I have a problem. Here's what my problem is. And he says, well, I have a solution. I can be there Tuesday. Mm. You know, we're there. We're always talk, talking about Tuesday and how we're going to get past the problem. We're not talking about, God, I hope this guy's going to want to work for us. He doesn't right. Know. Right. And that, and that all comes from the relationship side. And so it's really being able to pick up the phone and get to somebody and get something done. That's and a game changer. It is. It, it, it really is. Because, you know, when you're 20, you don't, you just don't have that. You, you, you don't. You get a few friends maybe in the business and they've got friends or their dad knows somebody. Right. Right. But, you know, you want to, you want to grow yourself into the point where your phone, your contact list is full of people that when you hit that button, they're going to take your call and they're going to want to help you. Mm, so vice versa. So when they good. call you, you're going to give them your time and you're going to want to help them. And, and that's, it's critical because we, we just wouldn't function on a, on a, on a daily and weekly basis without having that ability. How important is management having that in-house, right? Like it's huge for us. Okay. So go into that because a lot of people, you know, they're, they'll say, Marty, you know, I want to buy these properties, you know, these small or, you know, larger multifamily. And especially if you're going to be adding value to them, right? Like you, there's no way. And and let me know, like, first of all, management and your take on that. And the second is it's almost impossible to, if there's a value add project that you can buy that and hand that off to a property manager. Is that fair to say? Yeah, you can't do that. So the the value, you, you bring the value, you, you know, owning it and managing it yourself. You bring the value. You're walking through the hallways. You're seeing the problems. You're finding the solutions. You're overcoming the objections, whether it's a new tenant coming in. And I'm big on that with, with my salespeople you know, my site managers, that's a big thing. And I talk a lot about overcoming the objection, right? Identify the objection immediately, immediately and, and figure out what it is and let's get over it. How do we fix it? Talk to me about it. Right. And we've done enough, you know, my phone doesn't ring as much as it used to because of the, right. We're, so we sort of figured out how to overcome those objections, but, but let's talk about what those are. And when you're managing yourself, you're much closer to figure out what the objection is. When you're leaving it in the hands of somebody else, not to say that they're, that all the management companies are, you know, we're a management company, right? So not to say that they wouldn't do a good job, but you always do a much, I believe, you just always do a much better job for yourself in identifying what the issues are. Because we're an issue-driven business. Yes. Yes. Right? Yeah, I was telling one of our employees this morning, you know, you've, you've got... Um, You've got a very detailed side of this, whether it's the accounting side or the legal side. It's a very detailed side where things have to add up and have to be articulated correctly. And then you've got this creative sort of side that attracts people. It makes people want to be part of your development, your community, your ideas, right? And then you got to marry those two things. Mm. And they're hard. They're hard to marry because the, you know, your, your lawyer wants to see it one way. Your, your accounting staff needs to see it another way. And you're the guy out in the field trying to get the job done. Right. Right. 
right. to, to get the sales, right? To get the revenue stream to come in. Because yes. as far as you know, right, it's all about the revenue stream. We wouldn't be yeah. talking about this if we couldn't keep the money coming in. Yeah. So so the revenue is almost paramount. You've mm. got to get the money to flow. Mm. You've got to have that faucet on with the money. And if it stops, what are you going to do? Yeah. And that's one of the tough things as we look at other different uh, real estate, I guess, you know, models and niches. And, you know, one of the things that I wanted your opinion on is, you know, you have a, you have that office building in, but that's also the, the one that's on, um, the aqueduct, the aqueduct. Yeah. Cool um, building. Yeah. I love, I love what's going on there. And, uh, you know, it's funny. I, Way before I ever, and, and guys, by the way, the reason why Todd and I are on the phone is because I cold called him about something else. <laughs> want to buy some of my real estate, right? Yeah, I wanted to buy some of his real estate, but then I saw what he owned and I go, I got to get you on the show. You got to tell people, you know, your, your story. Um, and those are the people that don't know the aqueduct building is like one of my favorites. It's, it's a, it's 65,000 square feet. It's, it's a, it's gigantic, super, super big class. A. Well, so it's 40, it's uh it's 44 exchange Boulevard. So it's, it's right in the, right in the corner of exchange and broad. Yeah. And you know, the times, uh, square buildings across, you know, one corner, blue cross arenas on the other is a really interesting corner. And, and a decade ago when this building was, was being converted from office, empty office, and I did not do that development. I was part of the management team. I, I was um, I was involved in it, but I didn't actually execute that development. And but luckily, just because we were there, we were able to run it, evolve with it. You know, we then had the opportunity to own it. Love it. So you know, we've influenced the whole project, and it's great to actually you know have it. Um, but that neighborhood ten years ago wasn't the neighborhood it is today. No it's doubt, just, well, potentially the neighborhood that it is today. You know, the, the, the city hall building, you know, just around the corner from us is being renovated. Look, look what Constellation Brands is doing behind us. I was going to ask you did, when right? you saw that move occur, how happy? I mean, just were you like, "This is amazing"? Did they even approach you? I, I'm assuming yeah. yeah. they, they, they came to. You know, when uh, Pete Landers uh, called me to introduce himself, and I had a chance to walk through the building when they first bought it and hear all their ideas, and their ideas have changed, and they and you know, I'm, I'm thrilled that it's going to be what it's going to be. And they're just doing a beautiful job. I mean, just watching this project. And, the you know, windows alone are, are oh, something. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, I almost went into cardiac arrest when I found out what was going to happen there. I mean, you just, what a great neighbor. Yeah. Just what, you know, location, location, location. No doubt. No and doubt. what a great neighbor and all the new work that's going to happen to the aqueduct. And, and, you know, we're going to be street level all of a sudden. So it's all sort of coming to us there. You know, we got in early. And, you know, it's hard renting to tenants when they say, hey, what's around here? I want to walk. I want to walk to dinner. And you're like, well, no, you can walk around the corner to Dinosaur. Right. That's a walk. Yep. Or you can walk into Cornhill to something. That's a bit of a walk. There's nothing right there you can walk to. I have a feeling over the next couple of years, you know, um, you know, nothing happens quick, right? In real estate. Not in real estate. Fast. It's just, it's a process. But I think over the next couple of years, you're going to see a lot of small restaurants, cafes, and services spring up because there's going to be such a demand with so many people back into that corner again. And we're going to be right in the middle. I'm I'm super excited for you about that because, first of all, it's so good for Rochester. Great for Rochester. It's great. And it's great for people that take a chance on properties like that. You didn't have to buy that 10 years ago or whatever it was. And if anything, that was a, probably a, a pretty big, maybe a question mark. Like, you know, that there, didn't, there wasn't a, a for sure that that was going to turn out to how it did. When, correct. And we bought that. 
that was not happening at Constellation. None of that was happening when we bought that. The lawyers co-op had moved out. It, you know, it, it was scary. You know, you start thinking, geez, you know, did we, what's going to happen here? You 100%. know, and, uh, you know, are we, is it always just going to be this or are we going to move past this? Mm. And it doesn't matter how many good things, like, I do like to be a leader. I, I do like to put my money where my mouth is. I, I don't wait for other people to make a move. I like to make the move. Yes. Right. So no matter what, we were going to continue to make moves there and, and try to inspire at least that the corner was well taken care of and we were in charge. That was going to happen no matter what. Mm. Right. But it's nice to have other stakeholders come in that are doing the exact same thing. It's just such a safety in numbers, right? Yes. At that level. There's such a safety in numbers there. So I just feel really positive about it. I just don't know how it cannot not be a good thing. I was trending in the right direction, right? No it's doubt. Just, it's moving in the right direction. So let's see what happens. Yeah, it's super cool because it's it's right next to another buddy of mine, Matt Drew, and he was on the show. He bought the Wilder building and it's just yeah. a lot of great things are happening over there. So I'm really excited. And, uh, you know, we need... We need more. I, I, I was having a, when I when I talked to when I talked to Ken Glazer, I was like, "Listen, we need we need more companies though coming in." Like, I think it's great. Yes, yeah. uh, Constellation is a good start. But I also said, you know, and he didn't really have a response to this because he he probably knows them. But I was like, "Where's Wegman's corporate? Right? Where where are all these people? Where are they? They should be coming down here." But again, I get yeah. it. You know, there, there's still some things that need to be done. So we'll we'll, we'll get through those things. Um, yeah. I want to get to the speed round because you've been so, uh, so great with your time here. And I appreciate you coming on here. This has been awesome, Todd. Really, it really has been. It's been really cool. Um, if there's a metric you can track in your business, um, maybe it's something you look at weekly, daily, monthly. Uh, what is it that you're looking at that you're making sure that you're on top of? It's, it's, that's a funny question. My, my wife and I were talking about that on the way home. And, you, you know, there's got to be some correlation and it, it's, it's very easy to distill some of this, but you know, there, there's a revenue stream that comes in and I like to see that revenue stream always going up. Mm. I don't like seeing it down. I don't like seeing, right, saying flat. We always like to see it ticking up, right? Mm. And what is allowing that rev, revenue stream to tick up? What, what, what is keeping tenants in place? What is allowing us to get the re renewals are always cheaper than turning an apartment over. Mm, no doubt. Keep somebody in place get the rent increase and keep them happy mm. and provide them with amenities or with services or something to keep them there. And I always want to know what that, you know, what's that correlation between how far can we go and keep people in place and keep people happy versus we've gone too far. We're losing people. Mm. Right. Because there, there's, there's the greedy side of real estate, which is right. I, I'm interested in the money and the cash Absolutely. flow. Well, it's, it's the lifeblood of the business. Like it is any business. And in, you know, my, and I know this is a speed round, but I, I'm just going to get to something here. I'm we good. All, we all sort of focus as, as we as we grow on who we're going to be in the business. And I've got a lot of guys around me that I would consider hardcore real estate guys, right? Like tough, you know? And, I, and I'm glad they're sitting on my side of the table, but they're tough. And I always wonder how I measure up against those guys. Like, am I tough enough? Am I serious enough? Am I creative enough with these guys? And And, and, and really the reality... Of, of that is that, you know, I don't, I don't know. I, I know that I'm me in all this, right? And, and I'm probably tougher in some cases than they are. And I'm probably not tough enough in some cases, but I'm me. And what satisfaction do I derive out of this business? It's a great business. I work for myself. I probably work harder working for myself than I do punching a clock 
Um, cause you're always thinking about it. You know, even when you're home on the couch, something's going through your brain. No right? doubt. What are you going to do? And so that correlates to that metric of, so how do I really instill a sense of, of, uh, satisfaction and enjoyment for my tenants that they really like being there. They feel a sense of community and they're willing to pay for that. Mm. What is that? Mm. And, wh- and where are we going? Cause, cause it's not just about the, that, that, that Delta there, that, that when you start making a little bit more money, for me, it's the ability to maintain that asset now. Mm-hmm. All boats do rise with the tide, but we have more money to maintain the asset. And when you're a good operator, it's nice to know when, when something breaks, you can replace it. Yes. It's nice to know when you have a problem, you can buy your way out of the problem if you have to. Right? Yes. And, and that comes with good cash flow. And when you don't have that, you don't have the luxury of making a good decision. So good, Todd. That's so good because I've always, I've been saying lately, like, you want your landlord to make money. You you want your landlord to make money so that they can do the maintenance that's needed at the time so that they can take care of that unexpected. You don't want the bank taking back a property and then managing it. You don't want that. You know, know, it's the time that works you over. You give me a rent increase, right? A rent increase, right? $15 rent increase. But with first time the heat breaks, they're going to expect you to come out there and fix the heat. No doubt. And, and you've got to have the money for that. You know, and that's yeah. just the reality of looking people in the eye and making them feel good about what they're paying and feel mm. good about the value they're getting. Mm. And you know, I'm very interested in that. Well, I think there's a, I think there's probably a book there where you, you should write where there's like, what is that spread? <laughs> what is that spread that gives people to stay and also the community and all those? Buddy, I'm, I'm big picture. I'll talk about it. I never even give me a sit down and write about it. Somebody write this book while I talk about it. Speaking of books in, in education, is there a, Maybe even it doesn't even matter if there was a book you just recently read. Is there a is there like a, a podcast, a YouTube, a, a book that you recommend? Even like a business book that you'd you know, recommend? It's funny that you should ask that. I have never, and, and and you know I'm almost embarrassed to say this, but I have never been trendy on reading things that come out that people go, "Oh my god, you got to read this guy's book about real estate or about my." I really haven't done that. Um, uh. You know, I, I, there, there were two books very early on in my career. My mother actually got them for me because I was leaving a job. I was in sales and, and I had made a decision to leave that job and leave a company car and leave all the trappings of right, the golden handcuffs. And my family is, you know, educated, white collar. You're doing what? <laughs> yeah. I bet. You're going to go what? And wear a t-shirt and jeans? Hold on a second. Right. That was a big conversation in, in, in my family about me opting out of, of, of that world and, and getting a pickup truck. And mm-hmm. the, the two books that I read, I read them years ago and I gave them to my kids to read, um, were, were the, the millionaire next door and the wealthy barber. Mm, millionaire next door is great. Never read the wealthy great barber book. though. Okay. And the wealthy barber. And you know, both of those are easy, easy read books. And I, I mean, the easiest books to read, but, but what you got to take away from those is the, is the concept of what they're saying. And there is no overnight success. What there is, is years of planning and, and picking a program and picking a system and doing it. And that's what it is. And, it, and it's not wearing it and it's not driving it. And it's not all those things that people like to do and mm. grandstanding. I mean, me being on this with you is probably the first time that I've really put myself in a situation where I'm in front of anybody. Mm. You know, again, I, I don't, you know, I drive to work every day in a pickup truck and, and, you know, uh, I, I don't, I, I don't pull up in front of my, 
my buildings driving something that I might have to explain why I'm raising the rent. I, I just, I don't do that. Hmm. And I, I got a lot of that takeaway from not just from those books, but it, reinst- it instilled in me and it reinforced in me. Yes. You got to be a real person in this and, and right. You're, you're, you're playing with people's lives and their livelihoods and, and they're where they live. And, and you know, you want to make a buck doing it and you want to be successful and people like to believe that their landlord is successful. Although they don't want him to be, they like him, right? They, they want to know the guy's got something going on. You have no to be doubt. careful with that. You have no, to be no doubt. Well, I, you know what? I'll say this. Number one, first of all, you saying that you don't do this and this is like the first time. I appreciate you coming on here, number one. Number two, you're the type of person that needs to be t- coming on to these things, right? You're, you're, the, you're the type of person that people that are new that should aspire to be, right? Not, not the other way around where, you know, and I don't even think that the majority of landlords do the, you know, drive up at their, you know, Maserati and they're outside looking at their thing and, you know, people, you know, you know like the Scrooge McDuck version of a landlord. I don't think there's that many just because, trust me, there's, there's really not, you know, there's money in here, but, you know, it's, it's a slow. I mean, slow. you got your money somewhere else. If you're yeah. driving up in a Maserati, you probably got your money somewhere else. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So you, but you're the type of guy that I think, you know, needs to, you know, so it's great that you're on here. Not that you're, you're going to start a podcast or anything, but if you did, you'd be great at it, number one. But uh, number two, it's really good to hear these stories from different folks because, first of all, I know this is out of your comfort zone, even though you're killing it and it wasn't like it was uncomfortable at all. Um, but it's it's important that people kind of hear your type of story because I think it resonates with a lot of people who want to be like you and who are looking to do stuff like you, but maybe feel like, well, I don't feel like I'm maybe that tough of a guy or that tough of a girl or, and it's not that it's more of just like, Hey, this is who I am. I think what the key is and why maybe one of the big success things that you've had is that you have a lot of self-realization. And I think knowing yourself and knowing maybe the strengths and weaknesses, and and that makes sense because you have all these partners has been a critical driver in your success. I I agree. You know, you, you've got to look inward, anything that you do, you've got to look inward. And, and I'll tell you, you know, if you, you know, Behind closed doors, you want to sit down and get a list of what I'm not good at. I'll tell it to you. Right? <laughs> yeah. Don't put me on those jobs because right. it's a fail, right? But I'll have to tell you what you what I am good at. Put me on those jobs, yeah, because I'll get something done. Yep. It takes a lot of time to get there, and it takes a lot of time too to be able to say no. Mm. And we're still going through that. My wife and I mm. talk about it all the time. Mm. You gotta say no. Sometimes you just gotta say no. You don't have to feel like right. What, what's that? What's that saying? Sometimes the best deal you do is the one you never did. A hundred percent. One, the one you oh, walk away from, right? The one my God, walk away from it, right? Yep. Forget about it, right? Don't, yep. don't, don't twist your arm trying to find a way to make it happen, and then it's a stone around your neck because you'll own it for the next ten years. And we got a few of those, right? I got too devastating, and and, and you yeah. wish you never did it, right? Yep. But yep. but you learn from those, and and you learn that you know sometimes the sex appeal isn't really right. Oh yeah. Well, you're either winning or you're learning and we're doing a lot of learning uh, <laughs> that's and, and that's good and that's okay. <laughs> great. Uh, that's what great. do you do to intentionally network or maybe mastermind? So, you know, you have these relationships, you have these long-term relationships now. Was it that you made it a point to meet with folks face to face? Was it, did you make it a point to go out of your way to, you know, get coffee with some of these people? Was it, you made well, Yeah. A long time ago I did. When, yep. when I was starting, I was raving, raising capital. Yep. And I, I did do that. You know, I, I networked and I tried to find people that were interested in what I was doing. 
And I was really just borrow, you know, I was trying to find people that I could borrow money from yep. and get to know, genuinely get to know, make them part of my story, part of my success, pay them, make them feel like, wow, we actually, you know, we actually did well working with this guy. So that was early on. And you know, now I don't know, like, I don't really have the time for it, truthfully. I run into a lot of people every day. So, you know, treating people fairly, being honest, being direct, and not wasting people's time, sort of that <laughs> right now, that's sort of my mantra because I, I, I don't have, I just don't have the time or the bandwidth to try to figure out how I'm going to just network now. Mm. You know, what, what's going to be my next move to know more people? I almost don't want to know more people. Right. <laughs> no, that's fair. You know, that's I, great. I, just, I don't want to know more people. And, and I don't mean that in any, any negative way. I just, we just have so much happening that it's like, now I need to know the people that are really going to get me there. Now I just right. need to know the right people. It's not so much a volume of people where right. before it was a volume of people. I don't need a volume of people anymore. I, I need the right people that believe in what I do, understand what we do and can participate with me. That's mm -hmm. what I need. Mm -hmm. So I think it's switched. I think so that question, I can't really give you a fair answer. Like, what do I do to, to network? And, and, you know, I, I, I don't. Well, I think one of the things that makes sense is, you know, and I can just tell that you just, one of the greatest ways that what I've found in my business is just doing what you say you're going to do. And exactly. that's what you wouldn't believe how, how rewarding that is for like the contractors you work yes. with. They're like, they can't believe they're getting, well, you're really going to, pay me when you told me you're going to pay me. Yeah, right? I'm going to pay you. Like when you get done within three days, I'm going to pay you. And, right. Like, like really? <laughs> right. Right. Like those yeah. little things that right. people don't think about are actually really big to a lot of people. Um, yes. Well, last question then. I mean, if you did lose it all, right, today. Yeah. What would you do? So, you know, I think, I think about that. I, I think about that. I, I, you know, there was a time I thought about it a lot, but it just takes a couple of deals to go bad and, your cash flow is getting gobbled up and it could happen to any of us. Yes. Really could happen yep. to any. Of us. So you never want to be so bold as to say, you know, I'm invincible because, because we're, you know, we're really not. And, no. and you, you can miscalculate. And so, you know, what, what would I do? I, I don't know. Like I, I, I would, I would, I don't think it would be a quick process if I was having trouble. <laughs> right. It would be a very slow process if I was having trouble. I think people would figure it out and know about it. And I think during that time, I would, I would have to devise an exit strategy and a plan to mm. probably stay in the business in a different capacity because I do enjoy it and I, and I do like what I do. So, you know, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be just, just as if, just as like I'm not an overnight success. I probably wouldn't be an overnight failure either. There you go. Right? Yeah. You probably. want that. Yeah. Don't want that, right? But, but like for, that. if some things just didn't go well and didn't go as planned, you know, and, and you just said, look, this isn't for me anymore. You know, I, I would reach out to those people that I do trust and I do value and, and, you know, see what my options were. And, you know, you just, you can't be afraid to change, right? You just, you can't be afraid to try something else and change because sometimes that's where some of the great stuff comes from is to, is to, you know, get outside of that comfort zone and, and, you know, on a more positive note, even now I do do that. So I'm constantly challenged to push outside of what we do. You know, don't just stay stuck in the same old thing. Let's look at it differently. Mm. And, and, you know, maybe that fresh approach and trying different things keeps you from the risk. And, and, you know, a friend of mine who the guy I was telling you about that, you know, it's nice to be able to pick up the phone. He said to me one day, he goes, you know, we, we digest some people that have, that you have a job, you worry about that losing your job, right? It's like, I just lose my job. What am I going to do? Well, we digest that every day. 
right. right. Their job. Right. I mean, every day in little bits and pieces, we're digesting that concept every day. Mm. And, and it's not like it's one big, Hey, you show up on Monday morning and go, you don't have a job anymore. You're like, now what are we going to do? We think about it constantly. Mm. We're reevaluating constantly. Mm. You know, what are we spending? What are we making? What decisions are we making? How are we growing? Are we shrinking? So, so that process you're constantly internalizing. And so, you know, I'm never afraid of not working and not, but it's like, where is it changing? And so that, that process of me digesting failure, because not everything is a success. So, so, so that process of digesting that failure along the way, I think you just learn to live with a level of that and then get past it. Mm. Yeah, it's one of those things where I've, I've thought about it where it's like, and Ray Dalio says, you know, if you're, if you're not worried, then you should probably worry. Yes, exactly. Right. right? I and worry. Right. I worry, right? I right. worry. I look at the yeah. bills and I'm like, okay, well, hmm, you know, I hope we, <laughs> you know, I hope I didn't miscalculate on that one. But I no worry. Doubt. And, and, and even when things are good and, and properly we've owned for years and, and stuff comes up and capital improvements, always pause for reevaluation. Mm. Always pause. And, and always time to say, maybe we need to do this differently. Maybe we're, we shouldn't be in this project anymore. We have a couple now that, you know, we're, we're, I'm going to say losing interest in, but they're just, we've changed. And so they just might not be good for us anymore. Right. And, you know, so you have to be willing to say, okay, well, they're not good for us anymore. So let's move out of those and let's move into something that's more interesting for us now. Right. Or more right sized or, or whatever it is. But you, you just, you just can't be afraid of that thought process. Yeah. I think having the, the honest conversations and, and, you have and you, to. having real honest conversations, really looking at the numbers, really talking to the partners involved and, and making the decisions that are going to be best for, you know, Hey, this is our next step. This is where we want to go. So are these types of properties or is this type of business kind of weighing Correct. us down? Correct. Very important. Very important. And you know, those, again, those, those, those situations don't present themselves overnight, you know, you don't just wake up and go, Oh my God, I got it. I'm selling that property. It never really happens like that. It, it happens through a process where you start realizing it's a cycle or it's something else. And you're like, I got to get out of this. Mm. And what's causing this? What's the root of this? There it is. That needs to go. You know, as we're talking, it's just so good to that you can talk to, and this is why podcasts are so great. This is why I love this. This is why I love doing this show is that I can talk to somebody who I aspire to be and do what you're doing. And we all have, it's not like you're a different guy. You're not a different human. We all have these human basic thoughts, feelings, you know, we're all going through something and it's, you don't get to do this though with your neighbor or your family member because they don't necessarily know, nor do they maybe care, right? About real estate the same way or business the same way. But that's why it's just so good to hear it from someone like you and for my people listening and for my friends listening and my family listening. It's like, hey, this is what it takes. There's a lot of alligators in the pond. Yeah. It's just what it is. It is what it is. You got to figure out how you're going to get across the pond and, and, and there's risk. Mm. And it's, it's not void of risk. Even even when you're done and stabilized and working and feeling like everything's good, it's not void of risk. Right. You just have to always be aware of that. And in a fun way, you know, not, not to weigh you down, but just be proactive and, and, you know, if, if you're thinking about something, if your gut tells you something that might be a problem, pay attention to it, right? Mm. Get over there and look at it. Put your eyes on it. Call somebody. You know, I've gotten better at that over the years. Mm. Yeah, and it's it's something that you always constantly want to make sure you're on top of. And then it's yeah. really, 
That's the deal, guys. If you're going from residential or you're starting residential, just that even alone, you need to be on top of. But when you're making the change from residential to commercial to commercial, it's never ending. It's still the business. Don't treat it like a hobby. Make sure that you consistently look at it as as a business. Uh, Like a business. Get in there and treat it like a business. Get in and treat it like a business. Todd, if there's, um, is there anywhere that people may have questions about leasing or if they're looking for information? On, on, you know, maybe you or if they have a question about, hey, I got this large property that I may be interested in selling. How can people maybe find you if they would like to? Listen, our website, metrofalls.com, right there. You can go to, go to our website. Um, you know, I've got a link to my email. Uh, my wife, my, you know, my, everybody working for me is on there. And, uh, you know, a list of our properties. We, we highlight some of them. We don't highlight all of them. But, you know, a list of what we do and a little bit about us. So very easy. We're very accessible. Very, yeah, very, and and very nice of you to come on the show. I really appreciate it. And uh, for those listening, that's R2C Residential Commercial, and we will see you next time. Bye-bye. Thanks, Marty. Thanks, Thank you for tuning in to the Marty Grizzani Show. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, leave us an honest rating and review. If you're on Spotify, make sure you follow us for weekly episodes.